Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Business is transforming at a faster pace than ever. It is no longer possible, says today's guest, to hire your way to success or rely on the locked-in structures of roles and traditional career paths. To ensure your people and their capabilities evolve in support of your business needs, you must look deeper and understand people at the level of their skill. My guest today is Steve Holder. Vice President Solution Advisory over at Vizier Inc. and speaker at the Agility Reimagined Summit happening very, very soon on March 9th in beautiful downtown Toronto. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show today. Good morning. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So, Steve, beyond my short introduction there, why don't you take a couple of minutes and introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about the mission of Vizier. Yeah, um, well, thanks. And, and I, I think I'll start with myself. So just a little bit about me. I, I obviously re- I reside in Toronto, which is an extra added bonus. And I'm looking forward to getting to the Agility uh, Reimagined Summit. And uh, my background is I've been working in the analytics and data space for virtually all of my career for a variety of uh, vendors. And, and in my capacity as solution advisory uh, leader here at Vizier, I get to help our customers and you know our, our prospects understand the power that people analytics can bring to their business. And my team and, and myself um, really work to map the Vizier solution capabilities to um, to our customers' needs and, and make them successful with the technology. So I'm a technologist at heart, and uh, you know the, the the people analytics space is one that's been really exciting to me, which leads to sort of the second half of your question, which is the mission of Vizier. And so if you're not familiar with Vizier, we've been in existence for about 12 or 13 years. Um, and we've always had a couple of core missions. One is we want to change the way people consume data and analytics. You know, the, we can get into this, but I think one of the classic examples is, is there's so much data and analytics people have available to them and everybody struggles to get information and, and insight out of the data. So our, our one of our core missions is to really change the way organizations interact with data and individuals interact with data and really bring uh, the insight and the answer to the surface. And we do that for people and people data. Now, obviously our platform does a lot more, but our our core mission was to really show how people impact the business and how the the business impacts the people. And and that two-way street is one of the core pieces of of our mission. And it's to really unlock the potential that organizations have in their people and vice versa. So kind of a, a lot to unpack there, Bill, but I think we're really here to help organizations bridge the divide between all the data they have about their people and the business impact that those people have. Okay. Thank you very much, Steve. So Steve, shortly, we're going to get into uh, some topics some questions around your session at the Agility Reimagined Summit. Before we get there, though, big question for you. Um, uh, so big blue sky answer maybe is needed in a couple of minutes, but what, why does your team believe that it's no longer possible to hire one's way to success? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, and, and if you go back to pre pandemic, I know everybody, uh, you know, constantly refers to the pandemic as changing the way things are done, but I, I truly believe that 
um, the relationship between employees and employers changed principally because of the pandemic. Also about some, you know, social political issues that are happening in the world and just the overall state of, of, of things in, in business and, and with employees. But, you know, in the past, you, you had, you could hire, you could, you could, you know, you could be critical of um, the talent pool you have and, and, and really cherry pick the top talent. And, and I think, again, that relationship has, has changed um, in, in terms of what employees expect from their employer. And again, whether that's generational or social political, there's, there's a number of things that we have to look at as, as businesses and as business leaders in terms of how we treat our people, how we measure their effectiveness and, and, and make them successful, how we manage their careers. Um, and, and it's no longer just okay to try to, you know, I'll, I'll say, I'll use the word turn and burn through, through people, right? I, I think we've got to be a lot more mindful of that. And, and I think it's, again, it's, it's the fact that employees have choice now with remote work, we, we see that our, our talent pools have expanded. So we, we might be recruiting in areas that are very different than what we have in the past. And if anybody lived through the great resignation wave of the last, say, 18 months before uh, some of the inflationary pressures kicked in, we saw that, you know, there was just massive demand for talent. And, and I think you can't just continue to throw money at the talent problem. You've got to have a more balanced approach. You've got to treat your people with with respect and with, you know, with with great opportunity. And you need to ensure that overall you're an employer of choice and that you've got the right framework to pick the right people from the pool you have available to you and then ensure you keep those people and, and, and grow them. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, We'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. Okay, thank you very much. Let's now get into the details of the session that you're going to be presenting at the Agility Reimagined Summit, Steve. Uh, so it's happening March 9th in beautiful downtown Toronto. It's uh, it's on uh, Queen Street West, or just off it, it's John Street, a lovely part of town. And your session is called Adopting a Skills-Based Approach, How to Transform Your HR Function to Meet the Future Needs of Business. In your session, Steve, you will cover three main topics, I understand. Um, I'd like for you now to walk me through each of those, spend a couple of minutes on each if you'd like. Uh, the first of those is the business imperative behind a skills-based approach. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I kind of alluded to it in my, my last answer, but I think businesses have transformed. Some of the things that we see um, in terms of what worked in the past and, and, and the way businesses existed has changed. One of the stats I'll share with the, the, the audience on the ninth is the average lifespan of an organization on the S&P 500. Um, you know, that, that number has dropped by a decade in the last, you know, 30 years, which means that organizations used to exist for 30 years. Now that's down to 20. And that's because of evolution, pace of change, innovation, you know, um, global expansion and, and new players entering markets from places we, we historically didn't see. So I, I think when you when you think about that, you, you've got to that impacts your business. Right. And, and I'll share some examples of this on the ninth. But, you know, organizations are looking at their talent management and looking at their talent pool very differently. You know, th there's a stat from from one of our partners to greed, which says 46 
uh, percent of employees fear their current skills will be irrelevant next year. Now, that's pretty um, interesting to think about that. You've got people in your organization right now who are worried whether their skills will be relevant in 12 to 18 months time. Um, that's just crazy for me to think about. So when, when you start thinking about skills and, and you start thinking about jobs, the, the legacy way of, of managing your, your workforce or, or, or planning your workforce was say, I had a job, I had a headcount and you, we had jobs based organizations. And I think that kind of contract or that approach has changed. We, we can't just think about jobs. We've got to think about the skills that the job needs because we might be able to optimize for skills. We might have people who are untapped or uh, have skills we don't know about. And if they are in the wrong job, that information wouldn't be surfaced. And so I think as you, you know, going back to your question of saying, how has the um, imperative changed? Organizations need to start thinking about their skills, right? whether it be from an internal mobility perspective, whether it be hiring in new geographies, we've got to start to break down jobs into the requisite skills because, you know, candidly, you might be leaving things on the table, right? Like you might have a, a fantastic internal candidate who just isn't in the right job. So you're, that's not being surfaced as part of their career path. By introducing a skills methodology, this will allow you to tap that potential within your own organization and within the broader talent pool you might be recruiting from. So I, I think, Bill, there's a couple of different ways we can look at this, right? The, the businesses have to transform faster than ever before because just that's the way the world works. We've got ongoing competitors that are constantly trying to change the way you know, markets operate. And organizations need to really get the best out of their people. And you know, we believe, in the, and, and other people other than myself are saying that getting to a skills-based approach is a key way of ensuring you've got the, the best talent on the field to address your business needs okay rock and roll I'm, I'm excited for this session steve um okay so now maybe you can talk to me a little about about another one of the the topics that you'll be covering which is the challenges of moving to a skills-based approach and as part of that maybe also talk about how how folks can start and scale their skills journey in an effective way from you know from the experiences that you have working over at vizia yeah, well, you know, and, and again, this the skills topic isn't new, right? Many organizations have been working on skills, but I'll share a personal uh, experience on on how other organizations track skills or, or some of my experiences in, as an employee tracking skills, right? I would get an email once a year. I would go into a system. I would get a list of 400 skills. I have to, you know, designate my proficiency in that skill. Um, and it was really a once in a lifetime sort of event. And, you know, I don't know whether people looked at it in the past or not. Now that's going back a ways, Bill, but you know, there's this ongoing challenge of, of how do you assess the skills an individual have, whether that be by job or by person. And, and one of the challenges organizations faced is the based on the number of um, employees you have, we can see coverage. Um, I'll present some of these stats on the ninth too, but you know, we see that many organizations in the you know 500 to 1,000 employee range actually have hundreds of occupations, or around 100 occupations, which means they, they basically have jobs, one in five people have a different job, right? And, and as you go up in the organization, that doesn't, that, that coverage doesn't get any better, which means that the number of unique job titles that people have or occupation titles that people have in an organization, it, it, can, it can sometimes be close to one-to-one, -one, which is, makes it really difficult to assess 
that candidate or that individual and their requisite skills. And then if you take it to the next layer, which is the skill associated with the job, you can have, you know, dozens or, or even, you know, close to 100 um, individual skills for any given job. So it's, it's a really a, a matter of there's just so many combinations and permutations of moving to a skills based approach that you've got to start to get yourself organized. And, and I think the, the other thing that we've heard from our customers is that they, they don't really have a verifiable source of information and, and a trusted source of information for either job standardization or job titles or skills. And you get into, as I kind of alluded to, some of the organizational complexity that comes from just the, the, the uniqueness of individuals and the way we, what we call, what we do, um, it, it just creates this really interesting problem that you have to solve for because it's almost like every single person in every single job is unique. And then you can't really come up with a skills matrix that says, oh, I know that, you know, Steve Holder is a solution consultant or a pre-sales advisor or a solution advisory consultant, whatever title I have, those are all the same thing. And the skills I need are the same. So organizations struggle to standardize and, and kind of implement a skills-based approach because the data is kind of a, a little overwhelming at times. And I think some of our legacy mindsets around headcount being the, the the thing we track um, kind of holds us back from getting to a skills-based approach. And so I guess I'll get into the next part, which is what do you do, right? Like, I think there's a lot of hype out there right now in the skills-based HR journey. And, and candidly, it's not magic. You know, I, I work for a vendor. We have some amazing technology that um, solves some of these challenges, but it, it's you, you've got to have a, a vision and you've got to have an approach. And so it gets to the second half of your question, Bill, which is saying, how do we start to lay the groundwork for a skills-based HR journey? And, and we have a, 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 a kind of a, a roadmap that we've built um, in terms of where we think organizations should go. And I'll be sharing this on the ninth, but it's really about starting small and, and starting to understand the basics, you know, standardizing and reconciling your job names and job taxonomy. Um, under, and, and, and don't let the complexity hold you back. Like, you know, I think there's, there's a lot you can be overwhelmed by when you start talking about uh, whether it be with skills-based HR or, or even the data you have about your people as a people analytics person, that's really where I start my journey. Um, but don't be, don't, don't let the complexity overwhelm you because there are ways to rationalize that. So we, we call that skills insight. So start small, get some insight into where your skills are and, and, and where you are, are on your skills journey and, and what data you have and don't have about your people. And then begin to use that to make plans. So you can move to a skills-based planning paradigm and then you know continue to evolve that and use that as a skills matching um, opportunity starting looking at how do you match individuals within the organization to jobs that you have available and candidates to jobs you have available and the skills that those candidates have so starting to reconcile that job-based approach to being skills-based and you know down the road and, and you know some other people talk about this concept of a skills marketplace and you know verifying skills automatic automatically and things and we you know, I think, and we think those are more longer term objectives where we can actually start to build out that skills-based journey. So kind of a long-winded answer there, Bill, but I think start small, get some basics in, in your skills ontology and, and get that sorted and then grow over time and, and don't expect miracles to happen. I think there's a lot of hype around AI and technology right now, and, and those technologies help. We've got some fantastic things that, that make that better. But um, it, it does take some some work to think about what you want to do and how to get there.
Excellent. Thank you, Steve. We are coming towards the end of this particular conversation already. Uh, Steve, for those people who will not be lucky enough to be in the room uh, on March 9th, how, how can those folks connect with you? Maybe that's through email, LinkedIn, who knows? And also, of course, how can they learn more about Vizier? Yeah, for sure. You know, obviously I'm on LinkedIn and, and people can feel free to hit me up. Um, you know, I, uh, my, my information I'm sure will be in the podcast. Um, we also have our website, which has got some fantastic information about uh, not only our skills-based uh, uh, technology, but also just the overall Vizier offering. Um, and it, it's quite great because, you know, one of the things I love about working at Vizier, Bill, is that the customers we have tell our story better than we do. And you'll, you'll be able to check that out on the website and see some of these amazing outcomes that our customers get. And, you know, as a, as a software person, my whole career, it's just amazing when I get to represent a product like Vizier and the customers actually get the impact and we are able to really move the needle on their talent uh, approach, their HR approach and, and helping organizations become more analytically mature around their people. So, um, you know, you can check out www.vizier.com. Lots of great information there to learn more or, or reach out. I'd be happy to have a dialogue with anybody anytime or connect you with some people who can. So. That's that's how uh, you can learn more. And that's what I think is super cool about working at Vizier. OK, wonderful. I should just add, listeners, before we do wrap up for today, uh, extra kudos goes to Steve here because uh, Steve and I were chatting only yesterday and only yesterday did we decide to uh, record a conversation together ahead of the event. So um, it's been a very fast turnaround. And you know what, listeners, we did that in one take. So I'm pretty impressed by this guy. Hey, Steve, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person on March 9th. But for now, thank you very much for being my guest. Thank you. Have a great day. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.